0: You are now listening to The Junk and Jam Hour, a live talk radio broadcast
1: only on Radio Free Brooklyn. And now for your on air host, Christopher Albert. Happy Monday, y'all! You are listening to The Junk and Jam Hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, We just averted. A Technical crisis, but we are here now. Of course, Radio Free Brooklyn is the nonprofit community organization and freeform internet radio station streaming original content by New York City artists and broadcasters 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is Radio Free Brooklyn's goal to empower and amplify the otherwise unheard voices within our communities. On the Junkin' Gym Hour, it is my objective to share and highlight. The artistic and creative journeys behind the impressive projects and contributions of some of today's most talented, groundbreaking artists, all of whom are dedicated to bringing joy to you guys. So I will do my best to bring joy to them within this hour. My very special guest today from Northern Massachusetts are a band that originally forged out of a childhood friendship and evolved into to the badass musicians that they are today because of their camaraderie, inspired by the ostentatious rock of My Chemical Romance and the provocative rock musical Spring Awakening, they united in the purpose to create unique sound of their own that melded musical theater and emo, writing songs that asserted their interpretation of glamour, filth, and aggression. We love it. Highlighted by deeply retrospective and personal lyrics, inclusive of clever wordplay and cold realism and that's by the way not to be confused with cynicism all in their attempt to make their world and your world of course a better more understanding place to live cultivating music that balances mania with precision they now boast a collection of music from a diverse soundscape including their debut full-length lp 2019's no one must die and their 2020 ep love in a fugue state which lowell spin that is the online magazine that spotlights the very best in the music and art scenes of Greater Lowell, Massachusetts, has defined them as inspiring and insightful. Uh, They further describe them as a band with a singular sound of their own who has the ability to meld their influences together in an outstanding way, enabling them to continue pumping out remarkable tracks well into the future to come. Even their own peers, the noir rock band Edgar Allan Poets, were intrigued By their energy and power And immediately struck By the quality Of their overall sound uh, Particularly of their Electrifying new music Including Veronica Sawyer's Big Day Out A passionate and raw track That uncovers Some of the band members Experiences uh, With homophobia Transphobia And sexual assault Within the music scene We'll have a listen to And discussion about that As well As their upcoming album Be Evil But first Join me in the burlesque, the drama, and the punk, as I introduce you all to Trevor and John of the five-piece punk rock theater emo band, Bullpup. Hello, guys. Hello. Oh, my goodness. That I uh... was <laughs> such an opening. I love that. Well, you know, you are deserving. We're so honored to have you here and uh, to share your stories. Bullpup, of course, one part lipstick, one part whiskey, two parts regret (laughs) (laughs) you do
2: your research i'm very very impressed i i run a show too so like i know know. you you do your research you're very well i i appreciate that a lot thank you
1: (laughs) well you you know usually we have a lot to talk about and why not just get get you guys uh all acclimated to our audience right away um you're deserving why don't you and, and i guess we can start with you trevor tell us a little bit about your discovery of music you know your inclination to your instrument i know you particularly uh play the guitar anything you know related to your craft that um has helped define you as a musician that you can tell us
2: yeah so um i started uh at, no surprise uh as a theater kid and i was doing musicals from pretty much the age i was three up until probably like 19 um, some of them were semi-professional, not, nothing with like, um, no, no cards or anything like that. Off, but, off, off, um, Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, <laughs> I never saw any money, but there was money involved, I suppose. I just didn't get it. <laughs> uh, but, you um, know, there's so much so, value
1: though in, in, in stage time, right? For sure.
2: Um, and I just got very, uh, fed up and kind of disenfranchised with the, Killer be killed mentality yeah, of it. Sure. Um, but I was really, really in love with the performance aspect, um, which is, you know, the, the Bullpup's whole thing is like our live show. But, um, and the the fact that there's a narrative element to the musicality and vice versa, and there's an, there's an interplay in that with being able to tell a story, but
1: it's also in music. Um, and not and, only tell a story, but your particular story you exactly. have that freedom and that power to not be limited to telling someone else's story in their you know your own interpretation of their story
2: yeah, for sure, so I um at some point along the way, kind of when I was in my high school years, I, I had started listening to a lot of like rock operas and kind of branching uh-huh. out of the specifically music theater format of it and starting to listen to stuff like you know like an American idiot where, you know, it it has a concept and there is like a narrative through line or something like Black Parade where it's similar. Um, And I just really, really fell in love with that. And I was like, eh, I could be in a environment where everyone's not trying to like hate each other and one up each other and kind of breed a community and do the same thing, but like nicer and actually
1: make a positive difference. (laughs) Did you feel like it was more competitive because people are just trying to... You know move forward in their careers but you know i mean how many get to go forward right <laughs> it's i mean it's, everybody has their own journey but you don't always understand that
2: right it's um it, it's 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 partially the like yeah everyone's trying to build a career for themselves and everything That's step but on also, each other. also <laughs> yeah i think people just take themselves too seriously sure. too yeah like it's a lot easier to uh take a crack at everyone around you rather than like Take care of yourself and maybe your shortcomings or whatever is going yeah, on. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I was definitely guilty of. I mean, I like, I wasn't disc, very good disc. when I was doing theater <laughs> either. You know, I'm, I'm a lot better now than I was uh, then, for sure. So now you guys join. Now, who is this again? Stanley?
1: This is Stanley. Yeah. Stanley. I love it. Love his top hat. Uh, John Garnas, uh, you are, uh, you play the keys. The pianist. Yes, I do. The, the pianist. <laughs> also I am fri-
3: definitely the pianist of all of the members of Volbeat. <laughs> with without a shadow of a doubt.
1: <laughs> Love it. Love the earrings, by the way. Thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How did how did you, or rather, how did the piano find you? So I come from a long line
3: of classical and jazz musicians and Love whatnot, it. and. I never really felt like that style of music appealed to me. Like that's where my training is. Or my like original training was playing jazz trumpet yeah. and classical trumpet and I never really felt like that spoke to me. So as I got older, as I uh started playing in bands and trying to play in local shows, I would just play like whatever was necessary. I was a I was a fill-in bassist for a while. Which which was, the jazz helped The jazz helps a considerable amount, yeah. Or I'd be like playing horns for whoever wanted them. I was just like, please someone pay attention to me and let me make music that I want (laughs) to make. And so I had been, you know, off and on with piano since I was very, very young. My grandmother is a piano teacher and a classical pianist. And I had sort of fallen out of it until I was asked to be... Uh, the pianist for this band and so ever since then I've just sort of dove back headfirst into it sort of continuing that like utilitarianism of of playing instruments.
1: I love that. So let's go back to you Trevor. Um, As you as you mentioned, you are or have been, I don't know if it's if 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 you have any latest episodes of Death to the Scene podcast, but you like me, you you know you're also fascinated, I would say, by the journey. Of other artists, right? What are some of the things you have learned about yourself uncovering the development of other artists' crafts? You know,
2: it is it has made me feel a lot less alone. Um, for sure, because I think when you are in the thick sure. of the like artists, it's artist hard to grind, enjoy that
1: process sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see. when
2: when you're really, really grinding it out and you can hear about other people's kind of kind of situation, it's definitely been that. But honestly, it's just been, um, it's been mostly keeping a healthy headspace. Um, like everyone deals with things in their own way. And it's kind of like going a la carte with what's going to work for you. Cause you're hearing everyone else's stories and you can pick and choose what's going to apply to you and what's going to like right. help you out sure. in the long run. Um, whether it's just like little tour tricks or it's like, actually like, Hey, here's how you don't go insane when you're going to be completely invalidated and no one's paying attention to you when you want to be a superstar, (laughs) like you get, (laughs) you get that. Um, and you get those little like ego checks and everything and how to do it in a healthy way rather than tearing yourself apart. Right. Um, And and it's
1: that idea that, you know, I've gone through it so you don't have to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then we, you know, we just
2: kind of share and it becomes, um, it feels a lot more communal because, you know, it, it's similar to, like, if you were talking to another band outside a show, you, like, have moments of those conversations. But when you bring it into that podcast, it's it's a lot quieter and you have more time to kind of really, really explore things as opposed to just, like, when some kid's on their smoke break or setting yeah, up an amp. Yeah, you know? sure.
1: I mean, I mean d- before, during in the middle yeah. of a performance your head right. is not there right it, you're yeah. <laughs> focused on whatever you are focused on and exactly <laughs> now john whether it's social justice uh education police reform environmental causes you are a vocal <laughs> i would say you know social activist you are deeply engaged does being a- as informed as you are does being informed as much as you can be you know especially to the world around you and how it affects your neighbors cuz not everyone has that ability or they refuse to tap into that do you feel that makes you other than a, a more empathetic human being does that make you a more effective musician
3: i think so um i think it certainly gives more truth not truth but like more thi- like i want to write more about things that i'm interested in than writing about things that just might get us clicks and so right (laughs) i i don't want to make fluff and so the stuff that i write because we we split the songwriting um i try i this band i've been like on a weird exploration with my own gender as a result of this band it's come out in different that's like the main thing that i write about and try and explore In my song, are are we just gender fluid? Um, I identify as uh, non-binary, and so when I started playing bullpup shows, I was like, my one of my favorite musical of all time is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yes, It's, it's. deeply important to me uh Hedwig's Laments is a true piece of art when we started playing this band I was like oh I'll be like a little controversial Ooh, I'll put like a little dab (laughs) of eyeshadow on you know and then as I kept going I was like I kept going to the point where I was like my entire face is just covered in glitter (laughs) my like whole body is out and I'm like Maybe there's a, maybe there's a maybe there's a reason I'm doing this right now. Sure. Uh, and so, I guess I guess to answer your question is, despite my my status as a person who doesn't identify with uh, manhood, I am and Trevor is uh, male presenting, and as you can both sure. tell, both of us are are white and and we are kind of like luckier than some economically. And so we feel all of those factors means it's it's very important for us to to talk about things that necessarily white dudes in an emo band wouldn't be talking about.
1: Right, because, you know, you have this platform wherever you go, right? And, and you know, you have, you're amongst many stages. Um, and I guess it does come down to what else can we do with this and are we using it to our full potential
3: right exactly if if we have um a platform regardless of how small it may be we should be using that platform to to highlight things that we think are important is uh, that's sort of been our central ethos
1: yeah. i love that and and, and we've we've got some more of, of the onion to peel back a little later. But before we listen to... And, and, and shout out to uh, Brian, Tim, and Robbie, who couldn't be here with us. But now, before we listen to the recent re- re- released Veronica Sawyer's Big Day Out, which I love, obviously, it's June... P- Happy Pride, by the way. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> right. Now, you guys are planning to uh, drop uh, four, four more new singles, or is this part of the four... It's one
2: of the four, so we have three more, and then the full album
1: will come. I love that. Within the next few months, obviously the full album you're planning on dropping. In the fall, you know, you already have live performances planned, uh, not just within Boston, but obviously the Providence, Rhode Island area's Uh, new album title, Be Evil. Is that correct? Be Evil. I love that. What makes this collection of music so different from Bullpup's previous albums?
2: Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> <Me>.
2: <laughs> so uh I think the most obvious and the easiest answer is Robbie Beeland who was not with okay. us at our Inception and Such our a cutie, last release. Yeah. Our la- our last released uh Love in a Fugue state, we had already had we, we had already had. We had already mostly written when he came into the studio with us to record it this is the first um collection and batch of songs that we wrote with robbie from the ground up yeah um and he's just a phenomenal musician like there, there's not even a question about that he's just incredibly talented and incredibly intelligent um and he also it makes a fifth member that can break ties and that's sometimes super ah, important you know sure. um but outside of that we also just from like a message standpoint um we've always tried to write outside of ourselves even though ourselves is in all of the music you know we want to tell our story but we want to make sure that we are not just kind of up our own butts for lack of a better way um and so it was we we tried to kind of tackle the world and some bigger issues and be evil as a whole is kind of talking about those hard to talk about subjects and hopefully
1: making a positive step yeah.
2: for those.
1: Yeah. And, and and you know, and just bringing that up, right? Because we could all, as artists, as bands, get used to being in our own little bubble, right? Oh, yeah. And so you have <laughs> Robbie come in and, and open. But you know, it says, first of all, you're all incredible and talented and intelligent musicians and human beings. Thank but you. You know, and maybe John, you could answer this, you know, when you have, I guess it's a testament to your openness because you could fall into trap. Oh, we, we've got this. We've been doing this a long time. We know our music. We know where we want to go. But what was that? I mean, what was that, I guess, motivating factor or, or how did it feel? Because you had to start again from scratch. You have a new member coming in. <laughs> what does it say about being open to new ideas and to new contributions in terms of creating music? How does that affect your music, I guess, positively, you know, because again, as artists, we could have some ego, maybe kind of stuck in, in our own little habits. And then you have somebody coming in, breaking that, so to speak. Right.
3: Um, I think that one of the, one of the central parts that made this album sound so different is we didn't just sort of like throw together the songs that we had written into a coherent track list like we very much wrote with a specific sound in mind we very much wrote wanting to tackle specific themes yeah and uh even though he's not a member of our band uh the producer and engineer we worked with mike Obuiso, plays Big big mike plays in uh, Trevor and I or played in Trevor and I's favorite band of all time, the Venetia Fair, and that band is one of our heaviest influences. And so getting the sixth voice from him, a guy who's been around and knows exactly what we're trying to do sonically and can make some really tough choices and can sometimes humble us when we're not up to snuff. I, I remember a few times in the studio, just feeling so beat up because he was like, "You need to, you you need to do better." I know you're capable of doing yeah. better. It was that that tough love, um, having having more open and honest and direct communication between the five of us, which is something that necessarily we had to really work on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't really have that as much uh, on the first record, the addition of Robbie being able to translate the things that I'm saying to Trevor language and the things that Trevor's saying to John language sometimes we're saying the same thing but we're just so type A the two of us that we
1: we're <laughs> we're missing
3: that we're saying the same thing um, and then the addition of of Mike's voice in helping us really laser focus on what we wanted to do I, I think all made those all made those songs sound a hundred times better than they would have if it was just, you know, Brian, Tim, myself, yeah. and Trevor trying to record them.
1: I love that. And that says a lot about you guys as musicians that, People are also drawn to you and like, you know what, I want to be included with your your music too. (laughs) I want to be part of the bullpup magic. Uh, Speaking of, and thankfully we are part of the bullpup magic today, Uh, Veronica Sawyer's Big Day Out, the song tackles bullpup's experiences and, and obviously people you know as well with homophobia, transphobia, sexual assault. And that doesn't have to just be in music, but obviously, it's it's a little more prevalent in certain industries. The music and lyrics carefully match the pain and frustration that is all too familiar uh, with assault survivors and, of course, those living in the LGBTQ plus community. Why don't we take a listen to that and we'll discuss that afterwards. All right. So you Excellent. guys hang out and uh, for you at home or wherever the hell you are, you are listening to the Junkie Jim Hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This, of course, is Veronica Sawyer's Big Day Out by Bullpup. Welcome to the Boy's
0: Club. <laughs> Welcome to the Boy's Club. next to
2: God. Commercial oppression my gender and clear Grandfather fuck my lipstick in pocket The profit
1: That was Bullpup with Veronica Sawyer's Big Day Out, of course, right here on the Jugger Gym Hour. Uh, let's get in some applauses there. I love that track. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Veronica Hello. Sawyer's Big Day Out uh, featuring Glennis Brennan of the indie pop band Shallow Pools. Of course, you guys worked together before, haven't you? You guys uh, did some performances we've, with,
2: with... We've played together a... Uh, uh- A handful of times We just Get along really Really well Um, We met In very strange Circumstances Uh, I was Bleeding out of my hand For something I probably should have Got stitches for But I showed up To that show Anyways and played And it was the first time We played with this band That was a lot bigger than us That we were trying to impress And I bled Everywhere all over my guitar So they gave us A sticker from their band That I held my hand Shut with (laughs) (laughs)
3: Well I guess That's where
1: Everyone bled No.
2: No Oh, there's
1: a different story. There
3: have been multiple shows where Trevor bleeds. Sometimes we bleed as well. Yeah. Uh, But it's mostly Trevor doing (laughs) the bleeding.
1: (laughs) Which, you know, it happens when, when, you know, you have to do your own stagehand. Shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Veronica Sawyer's Big Day Out, again, written in response, as you guys say, to everyday atrocities experienced within the music scenes. Now, of course, you know, I mean we're all queer in this meeting here but um mm-hmm. you guys specifically you say because you're not entirely a, a straight cisgender identifying in a band you know you, you there are times you get exploited I mean there's no better uh, example of this during pride month right <laughs> yes exactly you also talk about times when you witnessed other bands performing upholding their platform as a place to groom others, you know, whether it's fans to sexually harass others, you know they're Mm -hmm. using their platform, of course their notoriety for whatever (laughs) what are some of your personal experiences you know, obviously no names that made for you that made this song so necessary to produce we
2: we have, I mean it's almost more than we can count people in our lives that have unfortunately had an experience similar to this and it there you know there's a couple good songs out there that tackle it a little bit but uh, when i was writing this i wanted to come for a different angle where it was just very very blunt and i wanted to go the empowering um You can stand up for yourself and you can get away from this yeah you don't even need to fight back like you don't need to violence but get violence it or anything you can just walk walk away you know and you you're worth it and i kind of wanted to make a you know really addresses it head on um because there there are songs out there from people probably arguably more qualified um that are there for consolation i wanted to i wanted to tackle it a little bit more in a fighty way um Fight some. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Love that. laughs> even uh, even just ourselves, and I mean, like, and this is pertaining to the scene, but you know, we've had sets where I'm going up there in fishnets, and uh, some drunk asshole who mm. you know it comes up to me after, and he goes. You're the most fuckable singer <laughs> on the bill tonight, and I go, okay. and I and I just go, has that ever worked for you? Right. He's like, Hah. and I'm like, like is that how you think you talk to people? Like, go away. It's just, it's just a weird culture that is like unspokenly kind of accepted and like the people that are going to be that way. They know the people they can get away with it around.
1: And it's just yucky. You think of the environment, you think of the bathrooms in the venue sometimes. Exactly. (laughs) And it's been normalized to say, to feel, to act out. However we feel, I mean, listen, I, I've produced comedy for many years and, and we've been in the same environments as well. and, And, you know, we've had a few fights and police have had to be called and people have, I myself have been assaulted and fagged and pointed at and spat on, you name it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And sexually assaulted, right? Right. Veronica Sawyer, specifically female protagonist of the cult classic film Heathers. (laughs) Yep. Which I love. Who, In my opinion, she herself was a little manipulated too by her beau in the movie, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Christian Slater how did the title of the song come about and what connection does the character veronica sawyer share with the theme of the song enough to be named after her
2: so um i actually uh and this is a little bit of a controversial take i am (laughs) in preference of the musical adaptation but the original one before they started adding a couple songs um mainly because the experience of Veronica and JD's um, relationship is a lot less uncouth. It, it, it's a lot less from the 80s. You know, it's it's a little bit more modern. There's still a million problematic things in the show, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think that how Veronica's character arc goes in the musical is a lot more empowering and a lot more of a, how do we tackle... Um, fighting off all of the bad guys in the world without necessarily getting to the lowest you know low and down to their level right. and like killing them yeah. and I think that that's kind of the heart of the song is here's uh, and, and the video that's going to be coming out Friday um, it's kind of here's all these horrible right. things that we could do to fight back but what if we just rise above that and hope that they will do the same and learn that that's just no way to behave.
1: Yeah, and 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 what a shiro, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now the song opens with "Welcome to the boys' club," closes with "Death to the boys." You know, again, and speaking of the boys and the gentlemen's club, that is mm-hmm. in music, and especially in where it's been normalized for men, other men to turn a blind eye to their peers' misgivings, whatever that may be. Why have you as a band decided to confront it? Because you still have to work with other other bands who might feel a little differently, right? I mean, you could have just said, oh, you know, this might be a cause we're picking up. But it's different to actually build your work and your music around it. Why did you decide to say, we are going to take this up publicly? Um
2: I what makes us this voice People already don't like us cuz we sound <laughs> so I was like let's double down. Yeah. I mean
3: honestly. I mean I think
2: I think growing up
3: um both like my my grandmother o- always taught me always that well. you call a spade a spade. Yeah. You know, if you see something and you don't like it, you don't call sit it, it cuz then nothing will happen. I'm Trevor's dad I know is the oh, same yeah. kind of way you call <laughs> yeah. you call a spade a spade if you see something shitty happen you do whatever in your power whether it be big or small to 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 make it not happen again I was a I was taking the wrong route when I was 18 19 20 When did I join this band? Even after I joined this band, I was a shitty snot-nosed little brat and I would just like throw down with people. Like I heard the word faggot, I'd see red. I'd get kicked out of the bar. Um, And I realized after a while, after a a really long conversation with the rest of this band actually, that the only person that I was like really ruining the time for um, was myself. Like if I see red, i i get
1: tossed out of the bar you yes know? That doesn't and that's what everyone sees no one's heard what this other person said to you all they right. see it's, is you uh,
3: it's just reacting. me hearing the word faggot seeing red ended up and ending up like i want you to imagine if you will my little twink self being lifted <laughs> under the arms by a bouncer oh that's and hot just put
1: outside <laughs> no, um, but now and, and of course uh, you know you know when we're performing i've i've done it performing for for drinks right you're also mainly one or two down (laughs) yeah my
3: um and and i gotta i gotta credit the rest of them my like general relationship with with alcohol and substances during that time was really really unhealthy yeah uh, and now, I, now I think it's a lot better. Oh yeah, yes,
2: miles. That question miles mark? <laughs> yeah. they, they, they've, they've come so far. They've done very, very well.
1: I love that. I love that. And, and you know, I guess that's what we're all trying to do is grow. And um, I love that you guys are sharing music that that can be empowering for others as well to help them grow and to help hear. I guess what they don't know how to articulate, you guys are doing it for them. So we are going to play another track. Okay. Because we have to. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you guys stick around. You guys are listening to the Jugger Gym Hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. And we are going to play some more rad music by Pull Pup. Uh, one of my favorite songs from your last EP was Birch Bark. We're going to play that for you right now. Uh, hang out, guys. We'll be
0: right back. Take a shot for every moment. Pronounce won't match your sense of self, and it's for you. It's Morphia. I'll put you on the shelf if you're like me and your body cannot match your identity. Pretend to be okay and punch a piano, scream.
1: birch bark by punk rock band Bull Pop? welcome back guys <laughs> <What's> <laughs> hello? <up? laughs> hello 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 that wasn't a long break uh now before we continue our talk because uh, i want to talk a little bit uh about the upcoming project and 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 what you want audiences and 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 maybe new fans to get from it we're going backwards a little bit birch bark from your last ep I guess this is specifically, Trevor, your story, and 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 obviously whoever shares this. And, and John, I mean, we all have. I've put on women's clothing. You say you've been wearing women's clothing since you were about eight years old. That's oh, that, Jordan, that is your story. That's me. That's yeah. Um, I love yeah, that. That's
2: true.
1: What uh, was so? Let's start here. What was so comforting for you about women's clothing that made you even more comfortable in your own skin?
3: Um. Okay. So I'm doubtless you've seen Beetlejuice yeah yes and you're wearing the t-shirt now I love it <laughs> and I'm literally, yeah. when I was when I was younger I sort of just only watched VHS tapes like we didn't have cable yeah. where I lived no. and I would just watch Beetlejuice over and over again and I just wanted to be Lydia yes. so badly not because I just like thought that the clothes that she w- was wearing were so cool and I wanted to wear them and so I'd like sneak into you know My mom's closet and try and find like a really cool black dress. And I just like really wanted to be like, I really just wanted to be Lydia and I wanted to be Sally for Nightmare Before Christmas. And I just wanted to be all like these cool, weird women. That had really cool, interesting personalities who themselves
1: were not following the ideal tropes of what feminism was. Right? Exactly. I was a little goth baby, and I was Mm. and I was just drawn to
3: all of these really just elegant. I would call them elegantly dark. (laughs) And then I saw, and then a little bit later, I saw Hedwig and the Angry Ange. I was like nine, and that ruined my whole world in the po- most positive way like every conception
1: that I had of everything so, um, so well I could ask you both this I like how then both songs inadvertently were somehow inspired by a writer Ryder character now what can people learn from shedding their antiquated ideals about what masculinity or femininity are and and does gender specific clothing matter anymore in terms of identity. Okay, so
2: I have, a, there's a very nuanced answer to that and then there's the very easy answer. <laughs> get the easy answer first because if if there's someone who is legitimately struggling with something yes, like that which and they they're, they're are, trying I'm sure. maybe they come from a very conservative town, maybe, you know, there's a lot going on there. It is easier to have fun when you don't care what people think. If you just like what you like and you're allowed to like it and regardless if that's you know literally anything whether that is a sexual orientation thing or it's as simple as just i like the color pink but people get beat up if they like the color pink here right it is a lot easier to just like what you like and just be able to live your true self granted be safe you know play play to your circumstance we don't want anyone to get into any danger the nuanced answer to that specifically on the back end of um I'm a dude. I identify as a dude. I'm a bisexual dude, but I am a dude. Yeah. And I just don't think that clothes should gen- be gendered. Like I just think that fishnets right. are the coolest thing ever. And if I right. think that they're cool, I'm going to wear them because they're fucking cool. <laughs> like that, And that's the long and short of it. I just like them. People yeah. ask me all the time, like, are you trying to make a statement? Or no, I just like them. Yeah. And it's just easier to just like it and not worry about it.
1: Yeah, I love that. I mean how many you know how many Halloween parties toga parties have we been to? Nobody's said anything you know and right exactly but that's but 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 once you start experimenting, when you think about whatever whatever reason you might dress up, and obviously you know you have um clothing that you would wear for for the stage as well, right
2: for sure for sure
1: yeah that's still a part of your identity it's still part of it's a piece of you you're expressing yourself maybe a little differently you're taking advantage of the different environment of course but it, mm-hmm. do, it doesn't you're not really being it someone entirely different no for me it's for me it's like there's there's a
3: line in hedwig that's from wig in a box and it's Suddenly, I'm this punk rock star of stage and screen. After she puts on all her makeup, for me, I've like ever since I've been a teenager. You know, I'm I'm short. I'm like very very thin. Uh, I don't put on muscle very well at all. I just I feel so much more confident, like being perceived sometimes as closer to feminine than masculine. Just because I feel like, you feel hey, like- I have more control. Right. To be like, I can go up on a stage in a crop top and like my face just completely decked out. And that's sort of like a separate self. Or like if I'm going to like a party or I'm going literally anywhere, it's sort of like this is a person who is more confident and can have the conversations that need to be had and can do all the things that need to be done. Yeah.
1: So, I want to go back a little bit. Um, first of all, congratulations on everything. Congratulations on the new music, and of course, as we said, Veronica Sawyer's uh, big day out. The video premieres Friday. <clears throat> Friday. 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 Um, <clears throat> when we, you know, of course, again, there's many facets to this boys' club that we we're talking about. Um, one in particular, the hypersexualization, whether it be men or, um, whether it be women or other men. Um, which, of course, is a catch-22 within the music industry um, because, on one hand, it, you know, it's expected for women um, artists in terms of image, you know, she's going to spend more money on her nails, on her hair, on the videos, on the look, on the costumes, on the wardrobe, um, shoes, um, you know, makeup. Yet, the music honchos, as we would call them, Um are often wary about signing and developing women talent because it would cost more. And it's evident. You look at the music industry now, at least in terms of signed artists, uh, women artists make up 22%. Women writers make up 13%. Producers 3% within the music industry. Do you think, as, as in terms of queer identifying within the LGBTQ community, do you think it... Those same expectations or assumptions are made are also made about LGBTQ talent. Oh, they're going to be so expensive to produce.
3: Yeah, I mean, sometimes there were I don't know if this is a direct answer to to the question or not, but there were times when we were on tour where I just didn't feel like doing the full head-to-toe yes. look. Yeah. And there were times where I felt like that was that had just become such the thing yeah. that was expected right that it was it was important I, not important like capital i but it was just like people would want that more than just like regular old me in a hoodie and jeans getting on stage
2: is that is that answer I point? think yeah. I think I think you're 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 stumbling towards you can if it is out that you are an artist and that you're LGBTQ+. plus. Um, you're kind of treated like a candy bar and that you're a product and the better you A novelty. The, yeah. It, it, it's, um, it's more about the, how quaint is this? And, oh, look at them as opposed to like the music. your actual ability. Um, and they, regardless of how good or bad you are, they are only interested in that and how they can use that as a marketing ploy. As opposed to like actually, um, it, it's it's performative allyship, it really, you know, what it is it, it's it's allyship in air quotes at the <laughs> hopes of making a buck. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the hopes of making a buck when in reality they could actually just support you and it doesn't even need to be in the conversation if your music's good your music's right. good um, right. and and part of that is the image because you're being sold and right. you know all, all art is going to be treated as a product if it's a career thing to an extent but. There's something very, very um, cheap and like gross and greedy about any time the LGBTQ plus stuff comes into play. Anytime it comes up in meetings, anytime anything like that is approached in that way, it always feels, it never feels like it's handled well.
3: It, it's no good. <laughs> yeah, and and that's not to say like we. We at least our sal- to ourselves are are guilty of that, you know. Like we're living in a in in a system. So when we did the last record, Trevor and I went out to uh, the last EP. Trevor and I went out to the nines to look the way that we did yeah. on that cover because if we're a commodity, we're gonna be a fucking commodity. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna help ourselves out by that, but it sucks a lot that that's the expectation
1: and how. Right how you get that and the expectation you also placed on yourselves right right you said for sure one of the lines you know in going back to uh veronica Sawyer's big day out you know you do talk about assault sexual assault Mm -hmm. and and this goes back to image right because if you are dressed up and you're feeling nice people can take that as uh, a way in oh, they must, they're they're feeling and looking a certain way, so they must feel a certain way and I can do whatever I want to them because they're walking around looking like a candy bar. (laughs) How safe or secure would you say the music scene or industry is not just for women, not just, you know, for those little, you know, green... And young and impressionable twinks, I would say. Right, right. Uh, but for yeah, any yeah. artist who <laughs> just wants a platform to be heard to inspire others, depending on how you feel about that, how should they navigate their new career in music?
2: It's shark-infested water, and it's very mm. hard. We, we, me, me, and John um, earlier in this band's lifetime have fallen. Uh, for a couple of things that looks like good, good opportunities yeah. and weren't producers, and, you know, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and it, it, it doesn't even need to be as extreme as you know being assaulted, although that is often the case. And microaggressions, sucks. yeah, it's microaggressions. It's people trying to take a ride for your money. You know, it it's any any amount of things. Um, it's very very hard to be able to parse through who's actually throwing you a bone and who is completely taking advantage of you. Um, the best advice I could give to anyone getting in is just pay attention. Yeah. Talk less and listen more. And the less information you give, you know, you don't need to be standoffish by any means. Yeah. We often are because, you know, it's kind because of part of the brand. Of, uh, but, right. Right. But, but you really don't have to be. You can be nice and polite, but just, you know, keep things formal and just, very much keep your head up. It's like walking around in a city. You know, you don't, you're not necessarily in danger at all times, but you don't want to like just be like throwing your phone around or whatever. You know, you you just want to pay attention, head up. Yeah.
1: Now, one of the lines, um, I'm not trying to be evil. I'm just telling you the truth. Do you feel that those who come forward with any reports of mistreatment? assault, violent or otherwise are subjected to being villainized themselves and why do you suppose that is
2: for sure and i think it's because there's just a horrible um oh no my word my word's going away (laughs) anyway i don't know what you're trying to say dude stigma there's a bad stigma against it's kind of like uh it's better now but a few years ago you know if you were talking about being depressed or bipolar or something like that it was like ooh, taboo you don't talk about that as much um and you know progress is happening and it's better but the amount of times you see a survivor come forward and say something and the first response is you're lying yeah is for attention you know, ridiculous yeah attention you're doing this to take someone down or anything
3: right there's and i'm not i'm not gonna name any names obviously but i feel like there's a there is a lot of like attempted retaliation in music where oh like the oh well you did this oh yeah well yeah, yeah well, well you, you did this are not perfect or even like what did you do to warrant there's, that there's it feels like i mean the name of the song is is about the, uh, the opening line of the song is about the boys club and because yeah. it it's it sometimes does feel like if you're not in this boys club you're outside of it and some of these bands and artists in this scene that are not in there that are so talented don't get the attention that they do because perpetually not- othered they're perpetually othered, and then that's even made worse when when you have something to say about one of those bands in the boys' club, they all lock up together, pack of to defend each other. Sure, <laughs> this is this is um,
1: our this is ours. <laughs> yeah, this is we ours. Don't this. fuck with it. Yeah, um, we have we've already have the formula. Why fuck with that? Right, well, for sure. Anything that's going to throw a wrench into there. Including what, of course, it's their own doing because it could go on. Abuse, especially in the music, it could go on for years as we've seen without any repercussions. It yeah. might happen 20 years from now, but there's no immediate repercussions to them. So, um, what I, first of all, I, what I love about the video, I love how the, the I would call her the shero of the story. She's building a dollhouse. Um, mm-hmm. I'm presuming as a sanctuary to, escape from this environment and even yeah. when she's in the dollhouse though that still seems to haunt her even in in there even in her own escape that she tries to build for herself it still comes to haunt her and of course forget about it. alcohol abuse particularly in this time that covid has been exacerbated the problems of domestic abuse as we've heard i also love that she hangs up a dog of a picture of the dog <laughs> yeah Which, as we found out, because of COVID, you know, a lot of women, because of their children, and it turns out, and their pets, they are afraid to leave because they don't have anywhere to go to properly take care of their pets or children if they do leave. Mm. Um, So I love how, you know, the video has all glimpses of this. Before we go, let's leave on a little more fun note. Um, uh, First of all, for anyone looking to find out any information about Bullpup Band. You can find them on Instagram at Bullpup Band. Facebook, Bullpup Band M-A. That's Massachusetts, guys. You can find them on YouTube. Just search Bullpup Band. Can we share the band camp? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Find all their music at uh, bullpupband.bandcamp.com. Real quickly, we're running out of time. Thank you guys so much for, by the way, for sharing your story, a little bit of your journey, and of course, about your current project. Thank you for what having us. bull bullpups? <laughs> Fascination with uh, Scooby Doo's the Hex Girls.
2: They're the ultimate. They're the ultimate goth icon. Uh yeah. Uh, the Hex Girls for me were John's Lydia. Yeah. I wanted to be the <laughs> Hex Girls. Yeah. So that's just that's absolutely. I think that if we could sound an eighth as good as them and look uh, eighth as good, we'd be awesome. <laughs>
1: I love that
3: they're, they're the perfect they're, they're literally the perfect band all of their girl energy all, all of their songs are bangers uh, all of their outfits are incredible I love that and
1: like they're, they're vampires right they're vampires yes. they're vampires <laughs> and that's, dude that's crazy I love how you can pull inspiration from things that are meant to inspire and obviously not just children but obviously as artists we are supposed to continue to keep our curiosity like children right oh yeah
3: absolutely i hope so
1: (laughs) (laughs) what would you say to those who have never heard of bullpup band um what can they expect what is that final definitive message that bullpup stands for and um who are you in one nice big ribbon package
2: you're not as alone as you think and if you think you are we're with you John oh I thought He's co-signing. pretty much he, nicely
3: they I are don't co-signing.
1: Know.
3: We, we we're writing songs that we hope one day uh, will become irrelevant
1: got it got it and, and 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 that's the whole point of of calling action to what's going on right is is speaking it into existence from behind closed doors and saying this obviously one day needs to become irrelevant. Why are we still talking about this? Exactly. But and we have to. still happening. But we yeah. have to, but one day maybe we won't. Thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, for everything we do here, you can find out more about us at radiofreebrooklyn.com.
0: This episode and all episodes of the Junk and Jam Hour can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play Music and simply tell Alexa, play the Junk and Jam Hour. Thank you.